This is LaTroy Woods with Prototype Unknown. And this is James with James Gourmet Pies. You know, today we're going to talk about the decision-making process and what that looks like and what it doesn't look like and how often a person has problem actually making decisions. We spend a lot of our time making decisions all day long, but unfortunately we spend a lot of that time making the same ones over and over thinking that we're going somewhere. Yeah, I mean, um, decisions making for me is, like, I don't like to figure out what I want for dinner that night or lunch or breakfast, right? So um, talk to whoever, you know, if I'm in a relationship, um, I just got out of a relationship, but I would ask my ex, I'd be like, hey, what do you, what do you want for dinner tonight, right? You know, and she would say, I don't really know what I want to eat for dinner, and I would say, you know, let's try X, Y, Z, Chinese food, Mexican food, you know, American food or whatever. And she's like, nah, I'm not really feeling that, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, well, why would you ask me to make a decision? And then I give you my top three decisions. And then you're like, I'm not feeling either one of them. Right. So um, decision, you have to know what you want. Right. And um, it used to frustrate me so much. I'm like, why would you ask me? And then I give out these suggestions, and you're like, no, none of them are good enough. Like, don't waste my time. <laughs> you know what? It reminds me, like, for anybody who's married, who's watched a lot of chip flicks, um, I've seen probably the notebook a thousand times, and there yeah. goes Noah saying, what do you want? What do you want? And I think that's really boils down to. You can't hit a target if you don't have one. Right. And so otherwise... It's the blind leading the blind. Right. And thinking something's happening. And so what you were talking about with the decision making sounded like you were talking about like minimizing the small decisions so that you could focus on the big decisions every day. Well, yeah. I mean, um, one thing that you'll notice or a lot of people don't even notice that millionaires and successful people get this thing called decision fatigue. You've been making decisions all day and then you get home and you're like, I can't make another, it could be a basic decision too. So a lot of people will have, um, especially celebrities that are in front of the camera all day, every day, they'll hire somebody to dress them literally because they get tired of making so many decisions. They have to hire someone to dress them, you know, which I don't know if I could ever give up that control. That that's gotta be one decision that I have to, you can't have me walking around here looking crazy. I got to know what is my uh, uh, wardrobe for the next week? I'd rather plan that for the next week. But anyway, most people get decision fatigue and they get tired of making decisions, you know, and it's a thing. You know, for anybody wanting to listen, maybe we could both explain what our actual decision making process looks like on a daily basis. So for myself, it's very different from three years ago prior and to today, how I make decisions. Um, my awareness has grown and the relationship with myself has grown. And because of that, I see opportunity and possibilities much different, which makes my decision-making process much, much different. Uh, I see it on a different level of understanding um, instead of the own understanding I had for myself before, which wasn't very much. And so for me, the decision-making process looks like this. It's about the desire, the goal, the end goal. What do I want? That's the first decision. Right. Second is everything else. When I would first make a decision before, it was based off of money 
or how was this going to happen or the perfect situation, which there's no such thing. Right. And so I would spend my whole day and week thinking about the things I didn't want that I would talk myself out of the decision rather than making the decision based off of the desire alone. It's never about the money. It never is. We lie to ourselves. Right. And I, you know what? It, so I think it can be about the money. If that's what you want, if that's what you feel is going to make you happy, money will never make you happy, right? Money is a resource. It can make you a better person. It can make you a worse person, right? But it's going to amplify who you are. If you was a, uh, a bad person before, now you have the resource to be a worse person, right? If you're a good person or a giver before, now you have the resource to give more. Right. So um, I think when when you're making the decision that you want to make more money, I think that's honorable. I think you should, you know, like um, if your parents are in low income housing or they're getting close to retirement and you clearly see that they don't have a plan for retirement, that should be on, uh, you know, a good priority on your list is how do I make more money? Right. But with setting goals, Goals are really, really, really tough to, to, to meet, right? Um, my first goal was I wanted to make $100,000 right out of college, right? Um, so I went and talked to the dean. I talked to a student counselor. I said, I want to make $100,000, right? And she said, oh, well, that's easy. You want to be in healthcare administration. I said, that sounds like something I want to do because my whole life I wanted to be a registered nurse, Right? So anyway, I go to college, go through college, get it done. I start making a job. I'm making fifty to sixty thousand a year, right? I got comfortable with that. I had a nice little house, had a nice little C-class Mercedes. You know, I was I was living what I wanted, what I thought was, you know, uh, a good life, right? But I still knew that I wasn't hitting that goal that I set for myself, which was a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So then I go to a military training and I meet a gentleman out there and he's a registered nurse. And I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to be a registered nurse my whole life, you know. And um, he decides to throw out there that he's making one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so I think you have to set your goals super aggressive. Right. If I would have went to the dean, if I would have went to the student counselor and I said, I want to make two, three hundred thousand dollars she might have recommended me to do the registered nurse, you know? And then I wouldn't have been making 50, 60,000. I would have came out of school and I'd been making maybe 100 or 150 like this kid was, you know? So I think we have to set our goals aggressively high because they're so hard to meet. I'm not going to say they're impossible, but they're really hard to meet your goals. But if your goal is above average, you know, and you know they're above average because, your family and friends will be like, oh, they, we need to take him to the loony bin. That's when you know that your goals are where they need to be. If it's in a, a goal that can be reached, then, you know, you'll get that feedback from people, friends and family. They're going to be like, oh, you know, that's a good goal. <laughs> you don't want a good goal. You want an aggressive goal and you want to shoot for the moon. So if you miss, you're still among stars. You know, let's break that process down a little bit. You know, um, you know, I believe it is uh, money is a very important process and it's a very important thing to actually want because everybody should have financial independence and it's a big part of the process of getting from point a to point b 
But before you actually even get to the point of having that conversation with money, I think there's some other underlying conversations that need to be made. One is belief, faith, and an imagination. Definitely. And can you believe this thing that you're going after, this decision that you want to make? Do you believe it? Is there any doubt inside of you? Because without belief, you will never take that next step to actually making it. Right. Okay, now you made the step. Do you have faith in the unknown? Do you have faith in what you cannot see yet? But do you see it to be true? And can you consistently place this in your imagination? That's, I think, when the money about conversation begins to show up is when you can stay through this process, this inner process of having these things to build to that. Okay, now I got my energy levels to a higher level. Now I can see the money. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've read hundreds of go get them books, right? Like uh, how to be an entrepreneur, how to do 10 steps, the 15 steps, the 20 steps, the science, right? And it all comes down to belief. Like if you don't believe it, how is anyone going to support, you know, meaning the universe or God going to support something that you don't believe? Because if you don't believe, you're not going to take the necessary steps to go to that next level. I've realized in my businesses that life meets you on the level that you're at. Once you start preparing for the next level, it's it's like it automatically just hits you. It comes to you. My goal was to make sure that everyone in Utah had a James Gourmet sweet potato pie, right? And um, what you do is you start working backwards from that. Now, am I going to get a sweet potato pie in everybody's hands in Utah? Probably not. But I'm going to start making steps to make sure that I am in position to make sure that everybody in Utah has a chance to get a sweet potato pie. So maybe you hit 23% of the state. You know, years down the road, maybe you get 46%. Now you got 60-something percent. You know, I'm sure there's people on the other side of the mountains that I'll probably never see and talk to. I have no idea. But if your goals are super aggressive, right, if you say, I want to make a million dollars by the time I am 50 years old, right, you are going to put yourself in position to at least make 500000 but if, you're, if your mind state is really at a million, then you need to shoot for 10 million. How am I going to make 10 million in the next 15, 20 years? You might come up at $2 million. You might have $1 million. But I guarantee if you set your goals, it's going to be really, really, really tough to hit them if they're at a low level. You know, I think you hit it on the, on the, right on the nail uh, on the head. So um, it's not just what we attract in our life, but is who we are. Um, you know, for me, it was the same process, you know, like how do I teach this process, this thing, which you quite don't understand that guides you to your better life. How do I teach this to people? Do I have to go to college? Do I have to go through this linear steps of going through these debt program programs like we're taught and society and our families, but rather, like you said, I went to the end goal and worked myself backwards and it wasn't so much like a like it attracts like but i was actually it was it's the persons who we are who attracts who we need to be around other people it's this relationship with other people that helps this decision making process really flower and grow like this mastermind almost like how we met james yeah i mean it happens organically when you put it out there this is what you want 
but um, you, you, you have to have a little bit of faith. You don't have to have a ton of faith that this is going to work out, but you have to have faith that this is going to work out. God in the universe wants the best for me, and I just need to put myself in position. If you're waiting for the government to do it, you can keep on waiting, but it's not going to happen. If you're looking for someone to knock on your door and say, hey, here's a $10 million check, it's not going to happen. You know? And if it does happen, you're not going to be prepared uh, to, to, to manage it, right? Because you didn't go through the school of the hard knocks. You didn't learn to respect money. So everybody says, oh, I'm, if I had a $10 million check, I'm going to live modestly, you know, and I'm going to buy a small house and a small car. And then you see all those commas in your bank account and all them zeros and digits. And you're like, huh, what's a $500,000 car? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's a, what's a million-dollar home? What's a $2 million home? I got $10 million in there. Uncle Susie and Uncle Ben, you know, they, they start knocking on the door and, was $10,000 here and there and everywhere, you know? And then they don't prepare for Uncle Sam because Uncle Sam's going to say, hey, that's a nice house, buddy. You know, I heard you got $10 million last year. You know, that's a nice car. You know, we live in a socialist environment. So uh, they don't prepare for the tax. They haven't learned the respect that there's going to be taxes. There's going to be insurance. You're going to have to hire a whole team to manage your house, you know, you need a security. You're going to need landscaping. You're going to need somebody to clean it because if you think you're going to clean 10,000 square feet, so they don't take all of this in consideration. So the next year or two, they got a foreclosure sign in their in their front yard and, you know, sadly some of them take their lives, you know. The majority of them are even a, are in a worse financial situation than when they got 10 million dollars. You know, knowing if they would have kept that job that was paying them 24000 a year, it would have taken them a long time, longer than they would have been alive to make that much money, and they would have never had to work again. You know, but it boils down to you have to have that respect for money. You have to go through the process. You know, you have to learn. That's the biggest thing is there's the difference between education and information. Right? So many people will get so much education. They'll read all the books, but they don't have the information. And the information comes from falling off the, the bull. You know, you got, they say grab the bull by the horns, right? And the, the bull starts bucking, and then eventually it's going to buck you off, probably kick you in the mouth, kick your teeth out. You know, uh, same with the hockey players. Shout out to the hockey players. They, they don't have any teeth in their mouth because, you know, the process <laughs> has taken their whole fronts out. And I've met a lot of them. Uh, some will put their teeth back in and say, I'll see you in, in two weeks, you know, where I'll be back on the, on the bull again or back into the, on the ice skating ring, you know. And then uh, some of them just walk around toothless, you know. It, it, it's going to be kicked out, you know. But the point is, they don't give up, you know. They keep going. They learned that, you know what, next time I get bucked off this bull, I probably shouldn't be staring at its hind end because a hoof is probably coming right behind that, you know. So they learn to tuck and roll, you know. So that's what you got to learn. You got to learn how to adapt. You know, I believe there's two sides to every coin, and you have to actually learn from both sides of the coin. Um, it's, it's a learning curve. And you have to learn not only the things that make you feel good, but the things that don't make you feel good, you know, and like you're talking about knowledge and stuff. Experience is the only knowledge there ever is. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this process of making the decision. 
self-knowledge is the only knowledge there is. And so knowing how to look at both sides of it, the duality of things, is a full circle when it comes to making a decision. What point, where are you making your decision from? Are you making it right now? Or are you making it from yesterday? Or are you making it in tomorrow? You know, I think once we can harness the true power that's inside of us and really focus our attention on what's possible, I think it's the possibility that this could happen. Yeah. That's the decision that really drives you into your why. It drives you to wake up for something bigger than yourself every day. Yeah. And that's what helps guide you into the next decision. Yeah. It's not going to make sense. And you're going to feel a lot of isolation. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel hurt. Yeah. You're going to feel alone. Uh-huh. And that's when you're going to have to go inside of yourself. Go through it. Yep. Yeah. You work through the decision yeah. and it works with you instead of avoiding either side of that coin. It's a season. It's not going to be forever. It's a season that you're going through. You have to, I think if I'm God and you come to me with this big aggressive dream, I'm going to throw everything at you to say, how bad do you really want it? Do you like the idea or are you willing to fight through the fire and go through it, you know, and that's what I want to see. Um, I think a lot of the times we hear about IQ, right? We, we learn about IQ is intellectual intelligence. How well can you retain information? Um, I think they invented instant replay for me because I will forget something that I just seen. So when the interception happens, I need to see it 10 more times, you know, one of them needs to be in slow motion. So I really get it. You know, so anyway, my IQ is not that high. But um, EQ is another one. It's emotional intelligence, right? Like how well can you, you talked about the notebook, right? Some people watch the notebook and they're sniffling and crying. And, and then some people are like, you know, get over it. You know, that's, yeah. that's, a little, that's a little too much, you know. That's emotional intelligence, right? How well can you pick up that you're hurting somebody's feelings or that you're, you're you know, you're lifting them up? That's emotional intelligence. The other one, what we're talking about today is AQ, and that's adaptability, you know. You have to have a healthy amount of adaptability to do anything great in life because curves are going to happen. Curveballs are going to be thrown at you. You're going to have to go through the fire. You're going to have to fight a lot of battles that you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to survive this? That's adaptability. And you have to work on it just like your IQ, right? You're not just born Einstein, right? You have to work on it. I think they almost uh, labeled him to be mentally challenged when he was young. Mm-hmm. He had to work on IQ, right? Um, same thing with adaptability, right? Like I had to learn to, okay, adapt when something happens, right? When something's thrown my way, how am I going to, I need to be 10 steps ahead of it. it was, uh, I think it's Newton's law or whatever. If, it, if something's going to happen, it, it could happen, it's going to happen. Well, Let's say it happens. How am I going to adapt to it? You know, if, um, if my company goes belly up, how am I going to adapt to that? Do I have something in the, in the savings account? Do I have um, real estate as investments to, to ensure if something goes wrong over here, I'm okay over here? You know, um, if my car breaks down on the way to work, do I have someone that I can call? You know what I mean? Like, it's all about adapting. How well can you adapt to the curveball that's going to be called? You're going to be okay. That's what I'm going to tell you. You're not going to die in the process. You know, it's going to suck for a minute. Anybody who's been through the military, been through boot camp, 
oh, it was the worst time in my life. You know what I mean? But when I called my mom and I'm crying and I'm like, I can't do it. You know, this sergeant called me everything but a child of God, you know, and I'm not used to someone talking to me like that, you know, giving you, uh, they just want to see how well can you adapt. You know, they put you in high stressful environments, pick up the bag, drop the bag, pick up the bag, drop the bag, you know, put your, your blouse on, take your blouse off, hang it up. You know what I mean? Like. Push-ups, flutter kicks, sit-ups. They just want to see how well can you adapt if I'm throwing so much at you, you know? And I think maybe that's where my adaptability went up, but... Um, well, if you got kids, uh, and anybody who does, uh, I think this conversation could take on a whole another another life of itself. Uh, our kids, right? they don't listen to a word <laughs> that comes out of our mouth, no. but they watch everything we do, and mm-hmm. that's how they learn. Yeah. So their decision-making muscles happen because of us. Right. They learn how to make decisions because of our decisions. Yeah. And so I think that there's a muscle. Like, how do we get better at making decisions is we get better at making decisions by doing them every day. Not the same decisions we've been making, but making different ones every day so you can work that muscle. So you can learn how to make the small decisions that lead to the bigger ones, which is the same process. Right. Yeah. Like we talked about last time, 5% of the things in your brain, you know that you know. 10%, you know that you don't know, and then 85% is what you don't know that you don't know. And that's the stuff that you picked up on as maybe a kid. You know, I seen mom, she worked like, uh, you know, even to this day, my mom, and this is a true story, like she naps. She does not take <laughs> full on sleeps. And she's trying to coach me on that yesterday. She said, son, you sound so tired. And I'm like, mom, you haven't slept since I've been alive. Like you always just, you know, I got shout out to all my CNAs. CNAs will see like 15 different patients in like a day, you know, and they know each one of them better than the family does. You know, I tried CNA. That's hard work. You know, we have some similarities. Uh, I did CNA. Oh, uh, I was going to yeah. be an RN also. And uh, yeah. when I went through my clinicals, I was like, you know what? I think I want to try something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I walked in a couple rooms with uh, some of the seasoned CNA. And I'm like, is that what I think that is on the wall? <laughs> Excuse me. It, it, you know, like, oh, no, I can't do that. Um, but, um, you know, they, they, they would do it. They, they went in there, they clean off the, the wall or whatever, like wipe the patients and still like had a real good conversation. And it looked like the RNs didn't, you know, I'm not beating up the RNs, but it didn't look like they was as involved as the CNAs, you know? And, um, and anyway, that's where I learned my work ethic from was, was from my mom. She, um, she, she just kept going, you know, to, to do as much as, as she could to provide for us, but we still grew up, you know, poor, you know? So I, I've, what, what I learned from that is that you can work hard and not be productive. You could be busy, you know, and I want to be busy. I like that. I like that. I, I, that's where I get my work ethic from, but how do I be productive with this busyness, you know? Yeah, I think you hit it right on, and, you know, I think every decision is like planting a seed, um, no matter what the decision is, it will manifest and grow into whatever it is that you planted. And so decision-making is a very important thing from the smallest of things when you wake up, deciding what you're going to wear, what you do before you leave your house, what time you wake up, how you actually perform at work, how your drive is to work, 
so many little decisions lead to so many big things once you learn the process and the importance of it. Yeah, definitely. So to recap, you want to make sure that um, you are aware of what decisions you are making every day because uh, there's harvest time, there's seed time, you know, and what you're planting now will harvest, <laughs> whether it's the same robotic um, lifestyle every day or if it's um, a different a lifestyle that's going to better yourself 10, 15 years from now that you might not see right now. You're just planting those seeds. So anyway, this is uh, James here. And the Troy Woods from Prototype Unknown, and we're talking from experience uh, from two different men on the way to the top. There you go. See ya.